Well, boy, just listening to the voice of Red Robinson, and when you heard him say there at the end that he did everything he wanted to do in life, boy, that's a that's a life well lived. But how sad that we lost Red on the weekend. He passed away suddenly, age of 86. And I feel very privileged I was able to interview Red a couple of times over the years. And, man, what a giant on the music scene here in British Columbia and Vancouver over the years. Let's talk about Red Robinson's career now and his legacy with my guest, Eric Alper, music publicist and commentator. Very pleased to welcome him back to the show. Eric, thanks a lot for coming on today. No problem. Thanks for having me. And, and, you know, you go through Red's life. I mean, he won. He won. He beat all Mm. the odds. Um... There was no reason for anybody to think that rock and roll was going to be around for longer than 18 months back in the day of the early 1950s. I mean, even in the 60s, newspaper people were asking the Beatles what they were going to do after their first album, like as if they weren't going to stick around for another eight years and have a 60 year legacy um, and then some. But you know, in the beginning of rock and roll, I mean, Red was right there, right place, right person, right time, right moments. It, it's truly astonishing. Yeah, no, he really was amazing. And he started his career uh, when he was a teenager. And maybe that was one of the secrets of his success. I mean, at a time when rock and roll was a new type of music that kids were listening to. And he was a kid himself. And uh, maybe that helped him to understand what they wanted to hear, right? Yeah, and and it's funny to look back on that fact because I'm not so sure that you could have done it now. I'm not so sure that the general audience would have such an outpouring of love and respect to somebody who's a teenager on social media that is bringing um, whole new music or an art form to people. Um, But, you know, when he was just 17 years old, um, he had his first rock and roll show, the first one in in Vancouver back in 1954. And everything that followed when it came to rock and roll, he was very much of the center of it. When Bill Haley and the Comets played in 1956, he was the MC at Elvis Presley's show in 1957. And keep in mind, this these the Elvis show was one of the less than handful of times that Elvis Presley even did a show outside of America. Um, He did one in Vancouver, he did one in Toronto and pretty much that was it. And of course, when the Beatles appeared um, at the empire in 1964, red was the MC. I mean, there was nobody else that could have done what he did. Um, And maybe because he was so young. Yeah, no, it really is incredible. Let's go back in time here, Eric. Let's have a listen to red here talking about, the Elvis show. So as you mentioned, Red Robinson was the MC of that show, Elvis Presley at Empire Stadium, August 31st, 1957. And you'll hear Red here reminisce on, on his role in bringing Elvis to Vancouver to perform. Have a listen to this. I had written uh, in 1955 and six to Colonel Tom Parker, can we get Elvis into Vancouver, okay? And the answer I got back, I could see the cigar and hear him go, Yes, sir! Yeah, he'll come there when we play the Northwest, yes! When Zolly Volchuk, out of Seattle, booked Elvis into Portland, Seattle, Spokane, and Vancouver, he had a note from Colonel Parker saying, In Vancouver, you call this young, this jockey. I want him to MC it. <laughs> 
I, I just I just love that. You know, here he's yeah. writing to Colonel Tom Parker and yeah, yeah yes, Colonel sir. Tom we're, Parker. We're gonna <laughs> Yeah, wow, and look, for, for, and, for, for all these younger listeners, a letter is something that people used to write with a pen <laughs> on paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. And I just keep in mind, when Red Robinson did that, when he reached out to Colonel Tom Parker, and said, can you bring Elvis up to Vancouver? You know, we're talking about Red being like 16, 17 years old when he's doing this. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and that kind of gave him, I think, a little bit of the nerves to start, you know, hitting up the rest of the people, um, everybody from Buddy Holly to Johnny Cash to to Bill Haley. Um, I because I, I, nobody, I'm look, I, I'm sure there he had that voice inside of his head, like everybody does, that says, "What are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this. You're just a kid." <laughs> but then the other part of it is that he's looking at the superstars of the time against all odds, getting 20,000 screaming other teenagers into an arena for the first time in their lives. These people are touring. You get to see the body. You get to see them live in person. And so nobody really said, I'm sure, like, you can't do this because nobody knew what you actually could do back then in the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you think back about, you know, the very first rock and roll concert ever in Vancouver, that's credited to be the Bill Haley and the Comet show, 1956. And there was Red Robinson. He was there from the very beginning. And then you talk about some of these other giant names, Buddy Holly. I mean, my goodness, let's listen to Red Robinson here and his interview with Buddy Holly in Vancouver. Let's listen. We're backstage here at the Georgia Auditorium for the biggest record star show for 1957, talking to Buddy Holly. Hello, Red. How are you? This is your song, Peggy Sue, that you do on a solo there on Coral Records. Is it Coral in the States, too? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's doing real well. It's number seven song here, and uh, that's lucky number seven, as we say every day. Well, that's fine. <laughs> well, how long have you had the crickets together, Buddy? Since January. Since January. Uh-huh. When did you uh, decide to form a group? Was it at that time? Well, uh... We just, uh, the drummer and myself have been playing together about four years, and uh, we got the other two boys and asked them if they'd like to join us and form a group. Amazing there. Boy, Red Robinson uh, talking so to Buddy Holly. Eric, your thoughts? So good. So yeah. good. I'm looking at a picture of Buddy Holly right now where while I'm wearing my buddy specs. That, that stuff is really special and so innocent. Like, hey, so you put together a group? Yeah, we got some drummers and we got some boys <laughs> in the band, and we just formed a group, and lo and behold, we're going to change music and art and culture and fashion and history and political science. Everything, everything changed in Canada <laughs> when Red was around. And, and we owe so much thanks to him for that. I think one of the things that jumped out at me there in that clip is, is the obvious talent that Red had. His very his confidence, his ease, his interviewing skills there, talking to a guy like Buddy Holly. And uh, boy, it just Eric, you know, it just sounds like Red just he was born to do this. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? And I, I don't believe that Red had this kind of ego in there, but there yeah. are certain people when you're a teenager and you spot a talent like radio or television or music or acting, um, especially with radio hosts, you, you can look at them and you can say, wow, aren't you nervous to talk to Buddy Holly or you know hang out with Elvis? But there's something in the back of their mind that always says, yeah, but they're on my show. They come to see yeah. me too. 
And so I think Red might have had a little bit of that. He was very well aware of the importance that he was having in the city and in the province and in the country um, because nobody was really playing rock and roll when he was. Um, so I think a little bit of it with that self-confidence, but he was trying to help these people. He knew he was a fan of these people just as much. So I'm sure he got a thrill hanging out with them as Buddy Holly did talking to the legendary Red Robinson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking to Eric Alper about the life and legacy of Red Robinson, so sad we lost Red on the weekend, but man, the memories and the legacy that he left behind. Of course, one of the great stories, Eric, for your thoughts, the Beatles and their legendary concert and coming to Vancouver, of course, Red was the, the MC of the Beatles show and famously stepped to the mic in the middle of the show after some kids started getting crushed against a fence here at the front of the stage. So let's have a listen here. Let's go back to the Beatles show in Vancouver. Let's have a listen. And it gives me a great deal of pleasure on behalf of P, uh, the PNE and C Fund to present the Beatles! Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. We'd like to... I hate to... Uh, look, at we've got to back some of the people up. There's been two kids crushed already. They'll have to cancel the show. <laughs> Boy, 1964 there, Empire Stadium, Red Robinson introducing the Beatles. And, and uh, Red has told the famous story many times, Eric, about how he, had, he was asked by the police, go up and make an announcement to keep these kids safe from getting crushed there. And John Lennon didn't really like to see someone up on stage here and called him out. I think he actually even swore at Red. And then Red told him, look, the police asked me to come up here and make an announcement. And uh, Lennon said, oh, well, carry on then. Your thoughts. <laughs> and that was the last time that John Lennon was actually polite to any police officer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amazing boy. The the Beatles. Imagine being part of being a part of the Beatles and every and everyone else. Like what would you say is the the legacy that he leaves behind? How would how would you sum this up? I mean, we only scratched the surface here of his career. Yeah. He had a, a very long yeah. career. Just the fact that, you know, he, he was so at ease talking to nobody in the room with the microphone um, and then being able to speak yeah. in front of 20,000 people in an arena, trying to get the crowd to calm down during a Beatles show. I, he was at ease with people and, and um, you know, his legacy. I mean, look, there's absolutely no question in my mind um, without red um, rock and roll is not the same. Um, the artists that we've known and loved for six decades since um, may not have some of the success and certainly it's a squiggly line, but there is absolutely a line drawn between red support of music in Vancouver and BC and Canada and the success that Canadian artists have had to this day through the Randy Bachmans of the world, the Andy Kims, um, Brian Adams, 5440, right up until the weekend. It's his it's his groundwork that was laid for all of those bands to follow in, and he will be absolutely sadly missed, but what a legacy he's left. Oh, and by the way, you know, well, that is really well said, Eric. And by the way, he loved Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver, this was this was his city. He never wanted to leave. I know he had opportunities to, to go elsewhere. He, he had opportunities to go to the United States, be a big star there. He had been called the, the Dick Clark of Canada. I mean, he could have been big anywhere he went, but I know he, he loved, he loved Vancouver. He loved this city. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, even though that, you know, he was kind of drafted into the U S army and he was in Portland for about two years when he moved back here in 61, um, that was it. And starting an ad agency after that and promoted shows, um, 
but uh, but yeah, just just the ability for him to, and he said it right at the top of the show, is that he got to do what he wanted to do his entire yeah. life, and with that, I mean, how how what else can you say about a life lived as successful and happy and thrilling as as somebody being right in the center of rock and roll for six decades? I love it, Eric. Thank you for coming on with your thoughts and your memories of Red today. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk soon.